This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I am Brian McFadden, two-time Super Bowl champion. You're listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Today, we're happy to have back nationally renowned sports attorney, Dan Lust. Dan, welcome back to the show, man. How have you been, sir? I'm good. Um, You know, Stryker, I I see you've changed as well. I feel like your beard has grown like 10 inches. It has. And and before I was clean shaven, I tried to go COVID clean for the longest time. But once I hit October... I was done. <laughs> and, I, and I just shaved for the first time. I did the sides and the mustache for uh, Mother's Day last weekend. I, I don't believe that you have touched that thing in, in a couple months. I do not believe that for one second. <laughs> but it has. And your hair has gotten nice and well coiffed as well. You're getting some volume there. So you're looking oh, yeah. well yourself. <laughs> I'm going to get it a couple inches. I think with the hair, I just uh, I get to six feet with the hair. You're right. <laughs> there you go. That's the way to do it. <laughs> That's what I used to do with my mohawk back in the day. So, so a couple things I wanted to touch base about. I know we did a whole show the last time you were on, on COVID-19, and I at least wanted to touch base again about it's the way it seems to me as a fan, it seems like the COVID protocols were largely a success, especially across the NFL when you have so many players to deal with, lots of travel, um, minus a couple hiccups. Unfortunately, a couple hiccups hit the Steelers directly, but by and large they got through the entire season so uh how was the protocols working and how do you see them kind of working for this upcoming season yeah i'd say for the most part the season was a was a success um i know the titans got kicked around a little bit my my bills got a little uh a little uh twisted sideways with a couple games um yeah but they got to the finish line and i think a lot of credit goes you know we we talk about roger goodell when we're mad at him for something Mm -hmm. but let's give him credit you know the draft last year was the first real sporting event that occurred and the world was saying to shut down the draft and goodell said it should go forward and you know i think he ended up being right and that was kind of the signal that sports can slowly make their way back so you know no sport had a perfect covid protocol maybe the nba right they had less positive tests than other sports but the nba spent a fortune doing that and they're still digging yeah. out of that financial hole yeah. so yeah I, I think you know we can give the nfl certainly passing grades they got to the finish line and, and uh you know I, I think they're obviously um getting a little laxer which is good to sign the country's coming back mm-hmm. uh with fans entering uh stadiums and getting that real uh crowd noise and i know it helped my bills it probably willed my bills to one more win than they were deserving of last year <laughs> well uh, they got one over the steelers so i know know that helped them there <laughs> it definitely did it definitely yeah. did but um yeah so I, I i'll say you know a lot of people will uh, talk ill of the nfl and covid protocols and whatnot but i, I really do think that the nfl uh, you know they did as, as good of a job as they could under very chaotic circumstances so moving forward, do you see any new rules being enacted or rules staying in place for this upcoming season? Or do you think it's we're going to start hitting herd immunity here and this is going to be kind of like a moot point once we start hitting the preseason? 
I mean, it's it's tough to tell. I, I think they're going to try to keep keep the world intact. I mean, uh, I remember last year the insanity that occurred with the Denver Broncos quarterback situation. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to think they're not. You know, when there's a situation, you know, and, and for those that don't recall, the the Broncos had to play a practice squad practice squad wide receiver as their starting quarterback because they didn't have yeah. enough guys in the room. So basically, if one quarterback tested positive or or is in COVID protocol. You had to rule out everyone in the room, the quarterback coaches, which mm-hmm. I think was probably, I mean, he's obviously erring on the side of caution, but extreme yeah. caution. And I yeah. don't think the world is in the same place that we were a year ago, you know, yeah, true. for better or for worse. So obviously with the vaccine coming out and exactly, yeah. people just knowing how to deal with it. So, yeah, I think um, we're not going to see a situation like that again where we're complete positions are ruled out. I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think we feel a little bit safer. And obviously, you know, if they mention the, the health in the room, a lot of players are going to be vaccinated, so we're not going to have that issue. So I imagine just, uh, you know, the NFL will, will go off uh, on a much smoother base than did this time last year. Fantastic. And I know at least in the state of Maryland, they're releasing uh, all businesses are going to be open uh, full capacity on Saturday, including outdoor venues, outdoor sporting events. So, you know, if Maryland's falling in line, uh, hopefully the rest of the country will be falling in line here in the next couple months to open everything up for the, the football season, which would be great to see again. Um, first thing I wanted to talk to you about too specifically, which is why I reached out to you, was Steeler Nation has been chatting back and forth about Justin Lane. He was Obviously, he was arrested on suspicion of felony transportation of a firearm inside of his vehicle, and he was charged with two misdemeanors, and those were driving with a suspended license and exceeding the speed limit. So he just pleaded guilty on Wednesday um, to a misdemeanor charge, and the misdemeanor charge is now of possessing criminal tools in the two traffic violations that I just mentioned. So he received a 180-day jail sentence that was suspended. And he must serve six months probation and perform 32 hours of community service. Now, moving forward, does this plea have any consequences to him being able to play football this year? Or is there anything that you think that the NFL could do to um, kind of uh, give him a penalty for these charges? Yeah. So I guess first and foremost, the, the terms that the it's a little confusing the way they explain this plea. Though. So obviously a felony was on the table for people yeah. that know it. Felony is anything that equates to uh, over a year in prison. Anything uh, up to a year is called a misdemeanor, and then there's violations and there's stuff that's less than that. So when he decided to take a plea, he took a felony off the table and he replaced it with a misdemeanor up to a year. Now, the six-month suspended sentence and the six months probation, it's a fancy way of saying if he's good for the next six months, we're going to throw out that sentence. It's called, at least the way I read the, the plea, is it's a conditional sentence. So if he's good for the next six months, he does his 32 hours of community service, he pays his fine, whatever he needs to do, there's no issues, he's not going to have to serve any jail time, which is important. Um, you you tend to uh, take a plea deal if the evidence is strong against you for whatever case is. You know, not necessarily, but especially if you're going to take something like that, um, you know, you you have to think that the case is pretty strong. So what we had here, at least, you know, at least what was reported, he was driving with a suspended license and then he admitted to cops that there was some type of handgun in the car. So he had thought, uh, at least this is according to reports, that he had cleared up the issue that would have caused his license to be suspended. But that's kind of black and white. Your license is either suspended or it's not. And Mm. if you're found with some type of infraction while driving with a suspended license, that can ratchet up something that's normally a misdemeanor to something like a felony. Or it's just going to, you know, it's going to more more like a quantity argument. You got to knock out a couple of things to get down. So why why I mentioned that the evidence probably was strong against him 
Um, he's right now, right, under the NFL personal conduct policy. You don't need to be found guilty at some type of trial in order to face a suspension. It's a very low bar to be hit with a suspension uh, in the NFL, as, as we've seen. You don't really actually have to be found guilty of anything. A plea deal is admitting guilt. Um, we don't yeah. really know exactly what occurred. But, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if there isn't some type of suspension uh, that comes from this. Usually weapons offenses do result in some type of suspension if it's not. You know, I'm happy to be wrong, but usually that's how the NFL deals with this. It's not going to be, you know, some type of 10 game crazy suspension. I wouldn't think so as a uh, you know, my my vantage point. Um, you know, I, I don't see something like that uh, possible. Obviously, you know, Justin played a big role in the team last year. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see some type of uh, extended suspension. But I will say if you do take this type of plea deal, you know, probably the evidence is pretty good against you because you're facing some type of suspension on your on your, you know, your NFL record. Great. And that's what we want to know, because obviously the Steelers uh, wide receiver room got depleted with Nelson leaving, being cut and um, Mike Hilton leaving and going free agency to the Cincinnati Bengals being down another outside corner who we're used to having could it does affect at least the way the Steelers are viewing the season. So you're saying at least if it does get suspended, it looks like it would be a small suspension, uh, maybe a couple games, but we'll have to look to see how the, the league would rule on that. But thank you very much for your input on that. Um, Dan and moving on to there's something that came out in contracts this year that I personally wasn't aware of and I follow contracts pretty closely uh, I'm, I'm a um, you know amateur capologist as I'd like to call myself but the new term was voidable years for NFL contracts and that seemed like a new tool kind of like to circumvent the cap not rising this year and actually falling um, is this the case and does the NFL plan on keeping voidable years for contracts in the future? I don't know. It's, it's tough. I think the, the issue that keeps coming up when we hear these news stories, it's like a contract is reported as being X amount of million over a certain amount of years, but yeah. it's not really the case because you can cut a guy at a certain point and it has no cap ramification. So I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it would be odd, uh, that there was, I mean, like, I mean, it's again, I guess it's coming back to COVID. Yeah. COVID caused a, a significant financial toll on the league. Uh, so if the, the money has to be going somewhere, uh, so if they're going to try to make that up by adjusting the avoidable years in the back end of contracts, or at least being a little bit more transparent about what they're doing, mm-hmm. I think that's probably makes sense because the numbers that are being reported in these contracts are just they're like funny money. It's not, it's not real, yeah. it's not the yeah. amount of money that's being paid out. I'm going to, you know, for every 10 contracts that you hear are reported as we'll make up a number, right? Like a hundred million dollars is being paid to the athlete. Mm. Uh, like that never happens. See, they never, yeah. they never see the full end of it. And, and it's, you know, maybe not necessarily fair to players, but the teams are, have, do have a right in within those contracts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what the, how the NFL treats it moving forward, but I know, um, you know, this, this year is going to be a tough year for the NFL. So if they had to change. The- Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Rules just for this year and revisit it next year. I'm sure that's also a possibility, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously they had to get a little bit creative with the uh, the cash shortage reaching reaching the NFL. Really, uh, all thirty two teams with the lack of fans. Yeah, and that's the way it seemed like they did it this year. Is it's essentially treated like a like a, a tag, like you're tagging a player for a year, but 
unlike with the tag where you can't spread it out over years, they're spreading it out over the avoidable years, which just seemed odd to me. But like we're saying, yeah, I agree with you with, with having the reduction in salary cap. There's just, they had to find a way to try to get teams like the saints and Steelers under it. So we could be, you know, and manage the cap and manage the team and keep moving forward. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. So here's a topic that we were discussing too on, online. I know chatting back and forth and it's something that we as fans are aware of. Uh, Deshaun Watson was linked as possibly being a player that every seems like every quarterback is linked to the Steelers if they come up right now, but uh, Deshaun Watson, he's currently dealing with some legal issues and I want to get your opinion on it. Your, your personal opinion, you being in, in the law profession, what is going on with Deshaun and how is it affecting uh, him in the NFL currently? This is, I want to say the, I was going to say the, the hundred million dollar question, but it could be, could honestly be more than that because it has the impact to change a lot of fortunes in the NFL. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for those that are, unless you're living under a rock, Deshaun Watson has been charged with 20, uh, well not charged, but he's been hit with 20 civil lawsuits. And that's a fancy way of saying, um, an individual has sued him in civil court. Uh, the yeah. best way that I explain civil court versus criminal court is that fun uh, OJ case way back when. Mm-hmm. Criminal case requires something that's called beyond a reasonable doubt, something like 90% guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the confidence level the jury has to have, 90, 95% beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And a civil case requires something that's called beyond a preponderance of the evidence, which is a really fancy way of saying when you weigh all the evidence, does it come out 51% of one side? Okay. Ah, it be yeah. culpable? So that's yeah. how someone like OJ can mm-hmm. be found innocent on criminal charges. Cause maybe it's not necessarily 90, but it's somewhere above 51. Yeah. So Watson right now is only dealing with the civil cases. Civil cases don't necessarily, you know, mean that much, right? Anybody can sue anyone for anything striker. I could sue yeah. you for your beard right now. Oh, you- damn it. <laughs> that you lied to me about grooming that thing at some point during the pandemic, which I do not believe you at any point. I'm not cutting it. I'm not cutting it. <laughs> Each their own, but I, there yeah. was no bar to the courthouse steps. Any yeah. individual can sue anyone else for anything. It's another question of, of whether or not you can win. And it's another question of whether or not you're going to face some type of discipline for filing false charges. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that said, if a DA a district attorney's office picks up a case and files criminal charges, mm-hmm. that's telling you, that's telling fans, that's telling the NFL that we, as the Harris County DA's office, that's what the DA's office over in Houston is. Yeah. We feel that we can get a conviction by a 90% or 95% confidence rate. So, mm-hmm. you know, historically in the NFL, when criminal charges come, 
that's when a suspension from the NFL is almost a virtual certainty. Yeah. Um, now, uh, beneath that, right? Okay, so that's that's the easy one, right? If there are criminal charges, which there very much could be with what's going on in this case, and yeah, by no means would I be shocked if that occurs yeah. sometime within the next month. That would not shock me. There's a report that came out from uh, the alleged victim's attorney mm-hmm. that uh, police have spoke with eight alleged accusers of Deshaun Watson already uh, wow. in the past couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. their, their investigation is being ratcheted up. The NFL, at least according to um, the attorney for these alleged victims, has spoke with four uh, of these accusers. So mm-hmm. you're having both chains moving, right? And you're also having yeah. big sponsors like Nike and uh, Beats by Dre drop Deshaun Watson. So yeah. trend in the, in the wrong direction. And I guess yeah. the, the other part, which I, I know NFL fans are curious about, like, okay, let's say there's no criminal charges. Can you suspend a guy just based on civil charges? Um, and the short answer is, you know, obviously you can. Um, will they? I, I think so. Watson here, his defense, he's got two defenses, Striker, if you can follow me on this. Okay. First, first one's the obvious one, right? Mm-hmm. These, you know, these masseuses are alleging that the acts that were con- committed were non-consensual. Okay? That just okay. means didn't have permission to do whatever they're alleging he did. Yeah. First defense everything was consensual. And I will say defense 1B is that uh, Watson is making this interesting argument that, hey, these were massages and, mm-hmm. you know, there was uh, money that was paid in exchange for these massages. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's saying everything that occurred, you know, when the door was closed was consensual. Mm-hmm. So last I checked, prostitution is not legal in the state of Texas. Yep. And that could walk him down a really fine line where he could separately be suspended for what he's essentially admitting to. Yeah. Um, you know, organizing some type of, um, you know, prostitution. And I don't want to call it a prostitution ring, but the numbers are pretty alarming. So mm-hmm. there's a world where he gets suspended, um, you know, even if he settles these cases, right, he can get suspended. Even yeah. if he uh, even if he goes to, to trial and wins on some type of weird prostitution defense, he still can get suspended. Yeah. But, um, you know, the point that I try to make clear to, to all football fans, they're like, what's happening? Why is it taking so long? Mm-hmm. This case is at its absolute infancy. Um, yeah. There was a complaint that was filed and an answer that was filed. Yes. That's the baseline. This yeah. is the part of discovery, right? When you have depositions and you're exchanging text messages, emails, this mm. could take a year by itself. Jeez. And then you have 20 trials in theory, back to back yeah. to back to back in Harris County. That could take a couple months as well. So this is not, you know, if it sees itself to fruition, it's going to take at least a year. Is, is this going to class action because there's so many or is because I thought it was all being handled by the same attorney. It seemed to me like he advertised and said, you know, like a mesothelioma ad essentially online. Have you been touched by John Watson? Please call into our number. Um, <laughs> except instead of on a commercial, he did it on Instagram stories. That's, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, no, it's not a class action lawsuit, given the nature of these claims. So mesothelioma, okay. you're going after the same accuser. Or yep. essentially the same exact thing. And, and Shrekker, your, your mm-hmm. thought process is not wrong, but these are these yeah. are different victims. And I, although okay. the allegations are somewhat similar, mm-hmm. um, they are different dates, different people, different locations, and and different you know different uh, day. Um, you know, we'll say the the nature seems to be pretty similar, but you can't put these all in a class action. So even though okay. it's the same attorney, yeah, um, yeah, these, these are these going to have be- to be because e- each situation is different. Is is that's the difference between class action and having to do it individually because it's not like right. the, the same thing occurred with all of them. Yes. And, then, and then I'll give you an interesting, interesting one. People are like, wow, this case, there was a report from Rich Eisen over at the NFL Network that a settlement was in the works. And I saw that a couple mm-hmm. people tagged me on Twitter and I'm like, yeah, okay, the settlement's in the works. Okay. Do you know how hard it is to get a settlement with 20 different people 
all with different sensibilities, right? Some yeah. people don't care about money. They care about, you know, they care about burying Deshaun Watson. There yeah. are other people, right, that, that care about paying rent tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, the, the issue with respect to uh, people's, you know, financial situations is going to very much depend on settlements. Maybe you settle five of these cases. You still could have 15 left. Maybe wow. you settle 10. You still have 10 left. As long as one is still kicking around, um, yeah. you know, that's what he's got to worry about. His career is very much, uh, you, know, I make, you know, I don't want to make light of it, but with this many accusers, his career is, is certainly on the line. You know, never say never, but, um, you know, guys have made the back to the NFL. Uh, even, you know, Big Ben once upon a time had his allegations, messy yeah. allegations. He made it back to the NFL. Mike Vick made it back to the NFL. Yep. This is messy. We've never seen something like this with the quantity of accusers involved, which is really unprecedented in pro sports. And currently, are there any criminal um, allegations against him or is it strictly civil? So these technically, I mean, the, the same actions that are being, uh, you know, there's a lawsuit for in civil court. Mm -hmm. These could equate to criminal charges, just a matter of whether the DA's office wants to pick it up. I, I've been kind of, you know, monitoring it. Like, yeah. why wouldn't the DA's office take this? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a world like, hey, you know, Tony Busby, which I've, I've been pretty vocal online in the last month, like Tony Busby is the victims, he's the victims attorney, all, all 20 plus victims that have filed alleged victims that have filed lawsuits have had Tony Busby as their attorney. He's been a little showboaty. Um, you know, I, I don't think you're wrong to call this a media circus in some sense. So that in a state like Texas that are Texans fans and you're kind of uh, putting a gaslight to the Houston Texans nation. Yeah. If the DA has to try a case in front of a jury that are Texans fans, right, that could muddy the waters. And the DA is not going to take a case where they're going to lose in and look really, you know, they're going to look bad. And if they try a case and lose. So yeah. my my legal reading of this, no one has told me this. I'm just reading it. Mm -hmm. Busby went from commenting on Twitter, on Instagram. He doesn't have a Twitter account, which for whatever reason, on <laughs> yeah. every single day, press conference, almost every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and he went from doing that to now not saying a word, not a peep. Mm. And some people, I think Rich Eisen, that's where his reports are coming from, that he got silent because a settlement was in the works. And I'm like, well, maybe he got silent because the DA's office went, they tapped Tony Busby on the shoulder and they said, listen, Tony, don't mess this case up for us. Don't mess this case up for your clients. Let us take a hold of this and let us really vet this. And, you know, as, as yeah. was reported uh, yesterday, police are investigating uh, his, his clients right now as we speak. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I think criminal, criminal case is very likely at this point. Oh, wow. Wow. That's that's tough for uh, Deshaun Watson and, and uh, Houston Nation. But thank you very much for giving us your insight on that. That's that's really nice. Um, so we had another thing that we discussed the last time we were on the air and it was about paying of college athletes. Now it seems like it's becoming more of a possibility. And we already know that California, Nebraska are set to start paying people for their name, image, and likeness uh, in 2023. But now it seems like Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, and New Mexico are also falling in line. So how does this look for college athletes moving forward, being able to be paid for their name, image, and likeness? Yeah. So July 1st appears to be that date, uh, that decision date. Um, so people look mm -hmm. at July 1st, but you got to really look at the one to two weeks leading up to see what the NCAA does. So yeah. here's, here's where we stand. You mentioned the states, those five. And why is that really important? I believe uh, Stryker, the transfer portal in college closes on July 1st. Oh, so okay. yeah. I think it's I think it's either right there. It's the day week before week after it's right right in that same time frame. Just I can't imagine that was a coincidence. But yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So as of July 1st, those states, uh, within those states, their athletes are going to be allowed to earn compensation. Wow. uh, You know, for endorsement deals, there's obviously some restrictions on it. Uh, There's a weird one in Georgia where Georgia can take 75% of their athletes earnings and put it in some type of pool and divvy it up to athletes in other sports to make it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's huh. more fair, but you know, yeah. it's, it's a weird little niche. Yeah. I, um, you know, on a, on a first level, right. This is going to create some type of recruiting edge uh, yes. for the transfer portal. It's certainly going to do it, but it's also going to create chaos just on an administrative level of, of, you know, what schools are going to be losing money, what schools are going to be allowed to put their resources back into, you know, the athletes. There's a bill kicking around in California now that's going to require basically all, all these uh, schools, when they collect money from revenue, from TV deals, whatever else, they have to give that back to the athletes. And they can't put it oh, wow. in the performance center. They can't put it in the gym. It's not. It's a proposed bill. Yeah. But that just speaks to the chaos that could ensue if July 1st goes off as planned. Listen, I, I want athletes to get paid, and I'm, I'm yeah. rooting for chaos. I'm, yeah. an, I'm an agent <laughs> of chaos over here. This will help yeah. get it solved. Um, but yeah, the NCAA is kind of dragging their heels as to whether or not they're going to come forward with their version of name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. That solves a couple problems because it gives those other 45 states something, but yeah. it's still something that's below these five other states. The yeah. only thing that can come in and really bail these guys out is a federal name, image, and likeness bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as we've seen, um, you know, the legislator moves very, very slowly. I yeah. do not expect them to get anything done by July 1st, but no. there's a fancy concept in a law striker called federalism. Okay. If the, if the federal government doesn't act in a particular area, states can do whatever they want. Okay. Um, so, but you know, if the federal government pops in, for example, like the drinking age is a nice clean 21 across the country. Wasn't always like that. Yes. But nice clean number. If the federal government steps in uh, for name, image, and likeness or sports betting or cannabis, any of those three areas is going to be uniform laws across the country yep. without it little bit of chaos. I don't think it really matters for sports betting. I don't think it really matters for cannabis. Mm-hmm. It does matter for college sports because these yeah. other states are competing against each other for the NCAA title. So definitely chaos without it. And looking at Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, that's majority of the SEC teams right there. So we already have a power conference that knows how to make money, give, giving them even more of a competitive advantage to get more talent in their schools is is something that's a little tough and something hey, that the rest of the country needs for, to catch don't up Don't forget for. about New Mexico. They're, they're in line to be the next powerhouse of the country. It and looks like it. I mean, sleep on New Mexico. <laughs> what are they? The Sun Devils? In New, no, Sun Devils are Arizona. I was going to that. They might be the Lobos? Lobos? Yes, that's it. Lobos yes. are Aztecs. I have Aztecs in my head. Yeah. It might be a New Mexico state that I'm thinking. I, I know there's San Diego state Aztecs as well. So I get confused on everything they might be, <laughs> they might be the spartans i, I oh gosh overlook this there's too many mascots oh huh? good at my mascots <laughs> oh that's cool that's cool well we have an obscure one at umbc where i went and that's always been the chesapeake bay retriever mm. where the only time we won in the ncaa tournament everybody thought it was a golden retriever it's like no it's a chesapeake bay retriever nobody's ever heard of this dog outside you guys, of our were you the 16 seed we were the 16 seed that beat the one seed <laughs> I have a golden duel and I remember, uh, you know, giving her a shout out. I'm like, you, you're nice. like kind of half, half of the retriever. You're the golden. Yep. <laughs> well, if it was Chesapeake part, it would have been half of our retriever, but still part retriever is fine. And uh, so th- the last thing I wanted to touch base on today was, are there any other rule changes then within the NFL for this current year that fans sh- should be? Thank you, Kat, for running across my screen and my computer. Is there any rule changes that the, uh, that fans should be, should know about for this upcoming year? 
Uh, yeah, there, there's a handful that are interesting. I think there were a bunch that were on the books that were fun, but I'll, uh, I guess the most fun one that, um, that has got a lot of buzz on social um, because, again, a little pandemic related, a little bit of fun because the rosters had to be so bloated during the pandemic era. The Chiefs actually had the suggestion, hey, let's give basically, you know, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defensive backs, linebackers. Let's give these guys the odds to have these low fun numbers like you had to you could use back to college back in the day. Mm-hmm. So. That's going into effect this year. Um, there's a kind of a weird quirk. I saw it, um, you know, for uh, I think Dalvin Cook this was the big story about him. He wanted to switch the number he wore back in the day. I believe he was at Florida State, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying to think what number he was. Mm, I think he was two or four. Anyway, yeah. a low number. Just, just, just trust me on that. But he wanted to switch to it for this year. So the way the NFL held the rule, they say, hey, listen, in order to switch to a new number, you have to individually buy out the old inventory of your jersey. So of course you cost you a pretty penny if you want to switch to 2022 however that'll be free so that was the yeah. one that i thought was fun i'm just going to rattle off a couple of these they're not that many and also too, too it seems like at least with the changing of the numbers it's odd though if somebody changes from one team to another team they can immediately change their number it's not but really that fair staying because, with your team right. you, you have to pay, buy out your that doesn't seem fair to the inventory aspect at least right and a team could just cut you tomorrow and i'm like okay yeah. what are they doing with the jersey so i, I don't right. really think it's fair but you know it is what it is um overtime eliminating the preseason which i think everyone was looking for um this one i thought was interesting uh on the onside kicks obviously there had been less onside kick recovery since they put the new rules in place the yeah. old rules, uh, I believe onside recoveries occurred at about a 20% clip. The new yeah. rules, it's like know, 5%. Five, yeah, if that, so if five. Let's get yeah. this, and uh, hopefully people uh, people on video will, will get my hand signals over here. <laughs> but with the new rules, you can basically put 11 guys when you're receiving the ball within 25 yards of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's a pretty big advantage. Now, you can only put nine guys within that 25 Ooh. nexus of the ball. So. Yeah. It's going to create a little bit of a, you know, 10 on nine, if you want to include the kicker, uh, yep. 11 on nine, but it should, should help the numbers while also increasing safety because he's still not allowed that running head start. Um, Striker, what do you think of that one? I thought that was kind of interesting, creative. It, it is. And, and I'm, I'm all for being able to create an opportunity to repay, retain possession at a risk after the uh, scoring a touchdown, scoring a field goal, though I was hoping, I was really hoping, and I hope the NFL does eventually move to this. And that is, to start on the 30 yard line, have a fourth and 15. And if you fail it, they pick up the ball where, where it was failed. Um, the other team picks up the ball where it's failed. Cause that, I, that I gives like the that. offense a chance to push the ball down the field, create a first down. That's still a risky situation, but you're not talking about anything underneath a 20% anymore. You're so, talking about something that could be literally a third of the time being successful. And that to me as a fan would be really exciting to watch. Well, that they, I mean, I, at least the, so there's something in the law called the public policy, like why a law passes in a certain sense, you have to have, make sure the public's behind it. So when we're talking about name, image, and likeness, all that stuff, the public's got to be behind it. Yeah. At least here, like you can't have the onside recovery be 1%. Why? Because people are going to turn off the games yep. if it's a prepossession game, because it's not possible, but if it's doable mm-hmm. or even the element of surprise, like I remember the Super Bowl year, years back when the Saints had that onside kick, I think it was against the Colts in the Super Bowl yeah. uh, to start halftime. If I yes. Yes. <laughs> You got to have a little bit of the element of surprise, right? You want yeah. people taking bathroom breaks in the second half kickoff. Um, but yeah, I, I think you got to you got to bring those numbers up. And if you're really not going to allow the running head start, you got to uh, you know have some way to, to include that. The the I guess there's um, I don't know the fun one. I mean, do you remember Striker last year the play when Brady threw the pass and it was blocked and then he caught it and then he threw it back to Evans? Yes, yeah, which it, was it, technically illegal for the. 
for being a but the yeah he but at the time you just got the penalty right for the infraction you didn't lose a down so the now, now you're losing now. a down they added that which was, yeah they made, literally made it off of one play <laughs> and then uh the one that's not officially passed but we think is going to pass uh there's going to be new rules for blocks beneath the waist so right now they okay. have this um, interesting tackle zone this tackle zone area it's mm-hmm. going to really impact running plays you can't do that play outside of that tackle zone so okay stay tuned. there's going to be being more- being in between the tackles is what you're saying, in saying? Okay. The tackles. so okay. you know we'll, we'll see if they end up passing that i i don't know what their delay was but they obviously can still pass more rules before the start of the season so We'll see. That one, is, at least as I'm reading, uh, that should be the biggest rule if it does pass because it's going to be some retraining of running backs with these different chop blocks. So um, that's yeah, interesting to watch. But that's that could be a big one. Well, that's at least helps out with the safety of the offensive linemen, which seem to never get safety um, aid at all in the NFL with any rule changes other than the chop block, which you just right. mentioned, um, which is just a, a vicious way to come down on the back of somebody's legs uh, once they're already engaged. So yeah, moving forward, at least we got a couple things to look forward to, maybe some new numbers, maybe some new rules here. But, you know, like I said, you know, I'm very, very happy that you were able to come back on the show with us. And Dan, thank you for taking time out of your day to spend a half an hour with us at Sealer Nation to make us more educated and uh, more educated fans as far as understanding the rules and laws of the NFL. My absolute pleasure. Say hello to your cat for me. Uh, Will do. She's lovely. She's great. And Steeler Nation, you've got to check out and follow Dan Lust on social media at Sports Law Lust, S-P-O-R-T-S-L-A-W-L-U-S-T on Twitter and Instagram. And cheers. And thank you for joining us once again. Um, We're happy to have you at any time. You can leave. Obviously, now I got to start reading off all my stuff, but I'll be chatting with you soon and I'll shoot you all the details once we got it. Got it up. No problem, Dan. Talk to you soon, man. Bye-bye. Steeler Nation, come over to SteelerNation.com for the best original Steelers news on the internet. Join us on our forum for excellent football discussions. Check out our clothing page for the best Steeler Nation tailgate wear on the planet. Be sure to subscribe to the Steeler Nation channel on YouTube so you can watch these vidcasts and podcasts live and even ask questions in real time in the comments section. That's at www.youtube.com backslash Steeler Nation. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. Or follow me, your host, Stryker, on Twitter and Instagram at SN Stryker, spelled with a Y. Thank you for joining us on your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker, with Dan Lust, rooting along with you, as always. Go Steelers! For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock Inventory Management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.